Hello, everybody, and welcome to Explain It to Me Like I'm a 10-Year-Old. Today, I'm very lucky to have Jordan DeSico with me, the co-founder of Super Coffee. Jordan, as a student-athlete, founded Super Coffee in his dorm room to find a healthy and delicious energy drink. Now, he runs Super Coffee with his two brothers, Jim and Jake. So far, they've energized over 400,000 people and were featured on Shark Tank. I'm so excited for our interview today. Hi, Jordan. How are you doing? Charlie, thanks so much for having me on. That was a great intro. You nailed the last name. You pronounced it perfectly. That doesn't happen a lot. So kudos to you on that. And uh, thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for being on. I'm so excited. Okay. So my first question for you is, what's been your primary goal while building Super Coffee? Yeah, we like to say, you know, our, our goal um, really tied to our purpose and mission is to mass produce positive energy. Um, and we want to do that on a global scale. And, and for us, that means competing with some of the legacy brands out there like Starbucks, like Dunkin' Donuts that are, are loaded with uh, what we say uh, negative ingredients or, or things that maybe aren't so good for your body and replacing those with, with healthy ingredients or positives, zero sugar, 10 grams of protein, MCT oil, et cetera, um, to give people the, the positive energy they need to be the best versions of themselves. So that's the main goal. It's been the, the main driver and at our core since, since my dorm room. Um, and here we are seven years later and over 120 million bottles sold. Well, you know, tell us a bit about Super Coffee in the beginning. What was it like and, and how did you first start to make it? Yeah, it was, it was really just a, a personal project for myself. Uh, I had 5 a.m. basketball practices. I played uh, Division II basketball at Philadelphia University. Um, old school coach who would, who would get us out of bed at 4.30 a.m. And I'd go to 8 a.m. business business school right after, and I'd find myself falling asleep in class. So I stopped at the school store one day to get some sort of pick-me-up, but I, I was very health conscious at the time um, as a 19-year-old. And unfortunately, the only thing I could get was a Starbucks Frappuccino loaded with 40 grams of sugar or a Red Bull or a Monster Energy drink loaded with 40 grams of sugar. And I wouldn't consume either of those things. So to myself, I said, hey, why, why isn't there something better out here, something healthier? So I literally just took the protein that they gave us for free, uh, didn't have any, any real resources, the blender that they gave us, and then I'd go to the, the cafeteria and get free coffee and bring it back to my dorm room and just started blending protein and coffee for myself. I was like, wow, this actually gives me the energy I need. It tastes pretty good. It's great for me. There's no bad stuff in there, and I know exactly what's going into my body. And my teammates started asking for it. Um, my two brothers who became my co-founders started asking what this crazy, crazy project was. And uh, at the end of my freshman year, I decided I was going to write a business plan and, and get ready to go for it. Yeah. Well, tell me about how it evolved from just, you know, throwing the, you know, protein and coffee in a blender into this very sophisticated bottled coffee of today. Yeah. Well, I would say that um, we still try to keep it simple. Uh, we don't want to overformulate or do something too complex for, for people, but um, to produce hundreds of millions and billions of bottles, right? You do have to to evolve, and and that's a great way to put it. And I think early on, um, it was just us. We didn't have experts around us. We didn't have scientists. We didn't have um, flavorists and, and amazing people helping formulate the best products in the world. Um, and today we do. And also early on, right? It was me and my blender, and then we had a culinary kitchen and a kind of really small hands-on manufacturing facility. Now we have a facility that can make, you know, again, hundreds of millions of bottles. So really just kind of came down to um, surrounding ourselves with, with the right people, the experts who have been doing this for quite some time, delivering our vision to them and working with them to achieve that vision. 
um, and then having the right manufacturing partners bring it bring it to life. So um, that's been the, the the main driver. And then obviously having you know a product that people love um, and are and are willing to buy and and buy again, and then you know that allows us to also innovate and bring new flavors and new products to the market as well. So it's been a really fun virtuous cycle for us of of trying things, iterating getting feedback and improving. We've had over 50 different formulas um, in, in our seven years. So we're constantly trying to improve and get better as new science comes out, new sweeteners come out, things like this. Um, and then obviously consumer feedback is always at the core of, of any product that we that we launch or improve upon. So yeah, in the beginning when you were in, when you were in college and just getting the, the business off the ground, how did you balance starting a business with being a collegiate athlete and student? Yeah, I think um, I think it was definitely a challenge. Uh, thankfully, I didn't play too much my my freshman year, so I had a little bit extra extra time. Um, but it was it was a challenge, right? We had five band practices. That's actually what led to uh, you know the founding of the company. So I, I don't I don't uh, wouldn't change it. Um, it. It really instilled the work ethic that you need to launch a company as well. Uh, but ultimately, Charlie, that's what led me to the decision to to drop out of school uh to give up my scholarship and go full-time on the business because i knew it wasn't sustainable so my freshman year was really about is there something here um is there a business plan is there a path for me to to launch this company and then that summer when i finally did it i realized holy holy cow this is a really really hard thing to do there's no way i can go back to school um continue to play basketball continue to take classes and try to run the business so i decided to uh to go for it. And uh, I, I ended up not going back for my sophomore year. I moved in with my brother who was a senior at Georgetown at the time. He was my co-founder. And then that's when I convinced our oldest brother, Jimmy, to join the business as well um, in 2016. And it was full full head of steam uh, from there. Well, how did, how did you get the the first product into the the first couple of stores? Yeah, it was, uh, it was funny. We, we said, you know, we, we really got to get some customers to turn this into a real business. Um, so we went into a local Whole Foods uh, in Georgetown, so Washington, D.C., and we basically pitched the store manager and said, hey, you guys don't have anything like this on your shelf. Here's what Super Coffee is. Here's what we're about. All you guys have are a couple options. We've got some cold brews, et cetera. Here's how we fit in. Guys, like, hey, this sounds great. I'll take eight eight cases. And we were like, what, what what's a case? What do you mean? Like, what, what, what are you talking about? Um, but he he gave us a chance. He helped us get set up one store, and uh, we had to go figure out, you know, how to manufacture the product because we didn't have a, a partner yet, where to get ingredients from, etc. To that point, we've only made it in the door in the dorm room blender. Um, but he wanted to give us a chance, and that kind of forced us. I like to say it was a forcing function for us to really get our stuff together um go out raise some capital and then 12 weeks later we made the delivery and he said hey guys i placed this delivery 12 weeks ago you're supposed to deliver it the next day not not 12 weeks later um so that was a funny learning experience but that was our first customer and our goal was just to become the best selling bottled coffee in that in that single store and we did that pretty quickly i think on the first weekend we did that we broke the the record for most most cases or, or units sold and then that informed our strategy going forward of one store at a time and we couldn't move on to the next store until we were the best-selling bottled coffee in that in that current store. So um, it gave us a good sound foundation that first year of just setting the bar high, but taking our time and going really deep with with individual accounts. Right, exactly. And you started this business with your two brothers. How do you think starting this business with your two brothers has been an advantage? 
Um, well, I think there, you know, who you choose as a co-founder is going to be one of the biggest decisions that you make as, as a founder or an entrepreneur. Um, and I, I highly recommend having a co-founder, at least one, two, two could be great too. Three is probably a little too many. Um, so I think having two co-founders was awesome, but just super aligned on vision, values, mission, um, where we wanted to take the company, obviously personal values and how we were raised together. We're very close in age. We're all basically a year and a half apart. Um, and, uh, competitive spirit, right? It's not like one of us is working 20 hours a day and the other one's working eight hours a day. Um, so all those things, you know, obviously were, were critical, are critical for co-founders to be aligned on. And of course, on the downside, you know, there's more heated arguments per se, uh, but you get through those quickly too, right? So it turned out to be a positive. Um, we could get past arguments really fast, even if they were, they were pretty, pretty intense. Um, and just focus on running the business. So having those two there in such an intense and competitive space like like beverage um, has been invaluable. I, I know that we wouldn't have been able to do it separately um, no matter what, just how hard it's been and how unique our, our journey and experience has been. And, you know, we wouldn't trade it for the world. It's been such a fun time together. Um, and obviously it's worked out really well. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what roles do your brothers have in the company? Yeah, so we we... we Early on, we kind of were doing everything, right? The three of us were, were making it, we were distributing it, we were trying to market it, sell it, all, all, the, all the functions of a business, finance, ops, et cetera. Um, that, got, that got pretty messy. We realized, hey, we're not good at, at, a, lot of, at a lot of things because we don't have a lot of experience. So we needed to build the team around us. And that's where we started to get into our own, our own swim lanes, if you will. Um, so I took over product operations, people operations, supply chain, uh, innovation. Jimmy took over finance and marketing and jake with all the energy in the world of a middle brother took over sales um and that's how we kind of split our 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 roles up um and and then built our teams out underneath the three of us um so jimmy's the ceo jake's the chief revenue officer and i'm the chief operating officer um and we really run the organization as such uh and again it gives the teams clarity gives the three of us clarity so we're not competing on priorities um, and, and allows us to kind of divide and conquer, you know, the core functions of the business versus again, trying to do everything as, as three founders. So that was, that was a big, a big moment for us to do that, um, that early on and realize that if we were going to try to continue to, to share responsibilities and do everything together, um, it wasn't going to work out. Yeah. And, and I know you've, you've actually raised a lot of money for your business. I think over $130 million now. Uh, can you kind of talk, cut, talk us through the process of raising all that money? And you've also had some pretty interesting investors like uh, A-Rod and, and J-Lo. Yeah. Yeah, it's been Jimmy's main job um, as CEO to raise, to raise the capital. But, you know, what I would say is that uh, high growth food and beverage, really any high growth company, um, you know, you, ha- you need the capital to grow the business. Um, you're never, you're ne- especially in the, in the early years, the business isn't at scale, you're spending more on, on production, you're spending more on materials, you're spending a ton on marketing, right? To get, to create awareness, you're hiring a lot of people, you're making a lot of mistakes, right? So it's very costly to grow extremely fast, especially in, in beverage where your margins aren't particularly strong. Like, like a tech company might have a 70 gross margin where we have, you know, a 35, 40 gross margin. So I think, I think we need, we knew we needed to raise a lot of capital, but the goal was to, to, 
to grow the business and get it to critical mass as fast as possible. Um, so then we can work on profitability at, with much more leverage. And that's exactly what, what we've done. Um, but each of the rounds that we raised were, were rooted in the fact that we were, we were creating a product that people love that were, was better for them. Um, we wanted to make a meaningful change. We had the data to prove it again, everywhere we went, the product was, was performing really well. We had great teammates in place, but we needed to hire better teammates. Um, and that's where the money was going for and the money was going for growth. Um, and investors saw that they believed in the plan. They believed in, in the brothers. Um, and some of the deals that you mentioned like that, the A-Rod and J-Lo, two, two of our favorites. Um, we have several, Patrick Schwarzenegger is, is one as well. Um, several celebrity investors who we didn't want to do, you know, just straight, straight comp deals with. They wanted to be a part of the brand. Um, and I think that's, that's been super important and a big part of our story is aligning with people who really care about the mission, really care about the product and want to make a difference, and then joining us on the journey um, in a much more meaningful way versus just um, you know a, a, a comp structure or a transactional relationship. So it's been really fun, but yeah, a little over 140 million raised, right around 150 million raised um, over the past seven years. And that's gotten us to the point today where we're the, the number two bottled coffee in America. So, I mean, if you've been watching the markets, it's, it's gotten really tough for high growth companies to, to be raising a lot of money. Has, are you concerned about this? And has this kind of changed any of the outlook on your business? Yeah, I think high growth companies now need to be a lot more cognizant of, of how they're spending their cash and a lot more efficient, right? It doesn't mean that you can't, you can't still try to grow the business, but I think you need to do it um, a little bit more efficiently and, and be careful of your marketing spends and your hiring, right? You see a lot of companies starting to pause hiring. Some doing some layoffs, not too much yet. Um, and controlling your, your OPEX. Um, and if it means growing, you know, 40% instead of 70%, that's, that's okay. Right. I think that's, that's, you know, the phase of, of, you know, the economy right now where we're, where we're headed. Um, and I also think it, you know, it comes from just having a little bit more discipline, you know, everybody, every entrepreneur wants to move fast. They want to, they want to break things. They want to try things and launch new products. It might mean launching less new products, right? It might mean being, being a lot more focused on your core business um, and getting a lot more value out of your core business. So those are the same conversations we're having internally is right. How can we be a lot more strategic, be a lot more disciplined, ultimately be more efficient and every dollar that we spend should go into our, our highest return. Um, which is our core, our core product lines, getting back to the basics versus expanding products too fast, which it costs a lot of money to grow new product lines. Um, so that's what I think we'll see a lot of in the next few years is, you know, entrepreneurs getting a lot smarter, a lot more disciplined, a lot more focused. Um, and then investors will, will hopefully reward them um, by continuing to write checks. Maybe the valuations won't be as, as big, um, but that's okay too. I think it's always good to have a little reset of, of expectations as well when you're growing, when you're growing the business. Exactly. And I'd also love to talk a bit about a really interesting experience you had with your brothers. You were on Shark Tank. Uh, how, did, how, did, how did you get on the show and, and what was that experience like? Yeah. So speaking of valuations being, being uh, a, a little too uh, big right now, we were definitely going in with a big valuation um, and they shot us down for that. Um, and that's okay too. Uh, we believed in where we were headed and obviously we were, we were thankfully we were right um, in that situation. But we, uh, we, we just saw on LinkedIn, we talk about, you know, sometimes you create your own luck and, and opportunities come and you got to be ready for them. And on LinkedIn, somebody said, hey, I know a Shark Tank producer looking for, for folks for season nine. So we did apply and they loved it. 
Um, we flew out, we filmed the, the episode um, in June of, of 2017. It didn't air until February, 2018. Um, but it was a lot of fun, man. It was really cool. The sharks were great. It was their first time meeting us and first, our first time meeting them. So you go in there cold. Um, they don't know anything about the business and um, they ripped it apart. A lot of them didn't like the flavor. Um, they hated the valuation. They liked the three of us, which was nice. They liked the story. They liked, they kind of could see the vision, I think. Uh, but they just didn't believe where the, where the brand was. And, you know, again, we were less than a year old at the time. Um, so we, we, we really weren't a real business yet, I would say. Um, but we believed in ourselves and that's ultimately, and we made all the improvements that we needed to make, right? To the brand, to the products. Um, we built the team out, we built manufacturing and supply out, et cetera. And uh, that's what's led to our, our success over the years. So um, Shark Tank was a great learning experience. Uh, a lot of people still, you know, only know us from being on Shark Tank, which is fun. Um, and, you know, something that we said, look, best case scenario, they love it and we do a great deal at a great valuation. Worst case scenario is they hate it, but 7 million people who watch it, maybe they like the brothers and they like the concept and maybe they'll try it someday. And that's exactly what happened. You know, Shark Tank, you know, the Sharks didn't love it. We didn't do a deal. But um, everybody who watched the episode was really fond of the concept and, and how we handled ourselves. And I think that that was the most important thing is it comes back to this idea of controlling what you can control at all times. Um, and, and good things will come out of that. And is it is the is the show pretty is what you experienced pretty similar to what we see on TV or is it completely different? Um. It's not completely different. I would say it's pretty, it's pretty similar. Um, I think the conversation's a, a lot longer in reality. Uh, it was like a 45 minute conversation. So they have to bake it down to eight to 10 minutes to make it, you know, really quality TV. And they take obviously the best parts and they're professionals and they do that really well. But um, yeah, it was a nice 45 minute intense conversation. And uh, it was as real as it gets. There was no fluff, nothing like that. So I was pleased to, to see that um, in person and be a part of that. Um, and I think they did a great job of picking the best, some of the best parts of that, of the conversation that we had. And, and I know you have a, personally have a lot of experience in the beverage industry. And what are some products that you admire that are kind of a similar mission, similar to Super Coffee? Yeah, I think starting with the brands that we always looked up to that, that inspired us were Honest Tea, um, which was acquired by Coca-Cola. They recently announced actually that they were going to discontinue it. So it was a sad, sad moment. Um, but um, that brand, it was, you know, paved the way for us early on. Um, and I think if you look at, you know, some of the successful companies that are, that are out there today beyond, beyond Super Coffee, Lemon Perfect um, is a great brand. It's an emerging brand, healthy, better for you, um, you know, flavor first, but not compromising on health. Um, and there's a few brands like that that are, that are now starting up. Um, you know, and some are at, some are getting to scale, some are just starting out. But I think anytime you find a brand that is mainstream oriented, tastes great, but is great for you without, without much compromise, then, um, you know, it, it's set up for success. Obviously there's a lot of, a lot of things and a lot of factors that go into being a successful brand at scale, but uh, people want great tasting products and they want the products to be great for them and they want them to be healthy. You don't find a lot of brands trying to do that, especially large companies um it'll give you something that tastes great but it'll still have a ton of sugar in it um and that's something that our generation um of entrepreneurs is trying to change do you see the the beverage industry moving more toward more healthy and, and more like super coffee yeah food and beverage in general is absolutely moving in that direction i think 
big companies want the consumers to meet them in the middle somewhere uh, a lot faster. Um, and I think small companies are actually going out and, and driving most of the change, um, which is putting pressure on big companies to change as well, right? Otherwise, they're going to start losing market share. And you'll see big companies acquire small companies, right? And that's that's a big part of their strategy as well. Um, but we can only hope that that one, consumers continue to, to make healthier decisions, right? That are better for them, better for the environment. Um, and that big companies um, and emerging companies continue to come out with best in class products for, for the consumer. So I think that um, innovation needs to continue to happen. There needs to be great competition without great com competition, right? It's hard for, for innovation to thrive. Um, and then again, the consumer needs to needs to be willing to, to try new, new items as well. And they have been. Uh, which has been, you know, we've been so fortunate that people are even willing to give us a shot um, and then thankfully, you know, continue to buy us over time. So when you look into the future in, let's say, 20 years, where do you see Super Coffee? Yeah, I think Super Coffee in 20 years is, you know, achieving our vision of becoming a global brand and doing it with, with a larger scale partner um, who has international distribution and manufacturing and supply chain capabilities. Um, you know, ultimately, we, we think we have a, a, a brand and a product that's going to resonate on a global scale, um, but we'll need a need a large partner, whether it be, you know, someone like a Coca-Cola or, or, you know, somebody else. Um, they have a, amazing resources. They've been doing this much longer than we have. But, you know, we think we again, we have a brand that, that really resonates and, and is going to continue to resonate right? as consumers, more consumers continue to be more health conscious. Super coffee will become more relevant. Um, in their lives. And right now, I think we're still, uh, you know, for the minority of consumers that want healthy. Um, but again, hopefully the majority very soon are, are only drinking, you know, products with zero sugar that are all natural and, and great for you. So um, we want to be international. I think 20 years from now, we can definitely, definitely achieve that. So my final question for you today is what would be your advice to a 20 year old in their dorm room with an idea for a product? I would say you just got to go for it. Um, you know, you got to jump right in, do your research, obviously surround yourself with, with experts, reach out to people. Uh, that's one thing we did well. Uh, and I love when people reach out to me, um, but just go for it. You're going to learn so much along the way. Opportunities are going to come up. You're going to have a lot of bad luck. You're going to have a lot of good luck. You got to control what you can control. But if you don't, if you don't start, if you don't go for it, you're never going to, obviously, you're never going to be in the game. You're never going to achieve it. Um, and that's what, you know, holds far too many people back. I know I've always seen hundreds of people who have great ideas or, or ideas in general, but they don't move on them. Um, so they're really meaningless if, if you're not, not going to make a move. And by the way, failures, failures totally okay too. I've seen a lot of people start companies that didn't work out but they loved the experience. They loved the journey. They learned so much. It set them up for their next career move anyway. Um, and then obviously I know a lot of people who've been really successful uh, starting companies too. So I would say go for it. It's going to be really fun no matter what. Um, and if you're, if you're fortunate enough to be, to be successful with it, all, all the credit to you, but if not, there's still a lot of good that's going to come out of it. So do not be afraid to, uh, to fail. Jordan, thank you so much for being here. I really enjoyed this interview and learned so much. Carly, you're the man. Thank you so much, brother. I appreciate it.